Welcome to Stellar Conversations, a series of conversations between WPP senior female leaders and a group of our future leaders. WPP is the world's leading advertising and marketing services group, and Stellar is WPP's network for senior female talent. My name is Frances Illingworth, and I'm a founding member and chair of WPP Stellar and WPP's global recruitment director. I'm delighted to introduce our next series of Stellar Conversations. In each episode, we will pair one of our most successful female leaders with some of our high-potential female talent from the WPP network. During this episode, Kate Stevens, Managing Director of Axicom, WPP's global technology PR business, will interview Janet Markwick, Global EVP, Commercial Operations and Production at YNR. Janet joined YNR after a nine-year stint at sister company Gray, where she was Chief Commercial Officer. In 2015, she was awarded an IPA fellowship in recognition of her game-changing work and support for the advertising industry. When they have some spare time, Janet is a talented sculptor and Kate a stand-up comedian. I'm joined by Janet Marquick, the Global EVP at YNR. Janet, hello. Hello. Um, I'm going to get us started and warmed up with a couple of quick fire questions. So just go with the flow, one or two word answers. Uh, are you a talker or a listener? <gasps> Ooh, I'd like to think I'm both. I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a talker, but I do listen to, I promise. <laughs> good. Talking's going to be good for this. Um, tea or coffee? Oh, that depends. See, again, <laughs> I can't start the day without a cup of tea, but after that, it's coffee all the way, I'm afraid. Uh, dog or cat person? <gasps> oh, both. I've got both. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm banged down the middle. Yeah. Uh, do you observe or participate? Ooh. I participate and observe, but I'm a participator. I'm a collaborator. I roll my sleeves up and get stuck in. Good. Uh, early bird or night owl? Oh, early bird. Uh, creativity or data? <gasps> It'd have to be creativity, really, because it's unique. Adventurous or cautious? Adventurous. Asking questions or answering questions? Oh, it has to be both. I think your job is to do both, definitely, to ask juicy ones and to listen uh, and answer as, as well. Good. Introvert or extrovert? Oh, introvert, if I'm really honest. Um, OK, Janet, why don't you tell us a little bit about YNR and your role within WPP? Right, OK, well, YNR is one of those really big... Uh, creative agencies along with JWC, Grey, um, Ogilvy, oh, the big one, and obviously YNR, one of the four largest creative agencies. Billion dollar brand, we've got about 189 offices I think in 90 something countries. Um, we were founded um, back in 1925 by John Rung and Ray Rubicam. But interestingly it was the first agency to be founded by a creative. And I will have to say that creativity I think continues to be at the very heart of the YNR business. So it goes back to your point about why creativity. Mm. Uh, so what makes YNR unique? Would that be it, do you say? I think it is our creativity. Um, absolutely, it's a creativity. And, and I also think that, just as Ray Rubicon said, I found some fantastic ads when I joined YNR a year ago and started digging into its past. And one of the ads I found the most fascinating and interesting was an ad that Ray Rubicon had created in 1945. And it said, Outstanding advertising can be prepared best when everyone concerns with it has a fanatical belief 
that a sales curve bending upwards is one of the world's most beautiful pictures. And I just thought that was amazingly fantastic and creative, yet truly, ultimately, what we're about, and that's driving business. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now, looking at your CV, you have had an extremely diverse background with lots of different experiences. Um, What brought you to this role? Um, Ten years ago, I've been in this side of the fence or in agency land for a decade. Um, I guess what brought me to this role was being down to the final two for a a role and I didn't get it. And uh, it made me stop and reflect. And in the organisation where I was, there were very few female senior women. And I knew I was ready for a change. And probably the first time ever in my career, I got focused on moving and changing. And... I ended up coming from a career client side in a whole variety of roles across into agency land, which I didn't foresee. If you'd asked me six months previously, I just wouldn't have expected to have been joining an ad agency at all. So you've not been somebody who's really planned out their career ahead? Up until that point, not at all. I mean, my career started out in retail management and then it went on to distribution and supply chain, working for Coca-Cola, where I was heavily involved in logistics, manufacturing, um, made me really understand how a business operates. And then I landed a role from there into Sony, um, which came a role that came to me, so very lucky, on the Sony Business Europe side. And I worked with the board for five years um, in a sort of strategic planning and analysis role where we closed businesses, opened businesses. And then I moved across from Sony Business into consumer electronics into the marketing and advertising part of the business. And I have to say, I was horrified. Um, you know, For a function that had such a big budget and expenditure, there was very little, if I'm really honest, rigor, control, analysis about how that money was spent. Whereas in the supply chain, distribution, manufacturing, you know, everybody was all over every penny that was spent. And I could tell you how much a case cost us to deliver. And uh, I was fascinated that in marketing, the big, big zeros at the end of sums with very little. And so I got very busy exploring the whole process and understanding how the marketing machine worked and and what you did and and, and I'm fascinated by it and I continue to be fascinated by it if I'm really honest because it's an absolute mix of magic and logic, order and chaos and it's full of the most amazing people that come up with incredibly creative imaginative ideas that drive business and and as much as you want to pin it on something uh, for me it's a bit like trying to pin jelly to a wall, it's really really hard but that to be honest, for the last sort of 15, 20 years is what's driven me in terms of trying to work out how you can pin some of it to the wall without losing some of that very um, magical, invisible jelly that, that is imagination and creativity. Now, supply chain and advertising are completely different industries. How did you find that leap? Um, I found it quite easy because I think I have... I'm a real left brain, right brain person, always have been. I'm fascinated and curious about creativity and I love creativity, but I have an amazingly orderly, logical part of my brain too. So maybe the logistics brought that out. But actually in any role, you've got to be creative about how you solve business challenges. And even in the logistics business, we were always looking for innovative new ways to do things. So, you know, I remember the days when we had distribution depots in every major city. And, you know, by 
by the time I left Coca-Cola, we had one hub in Wakefield and the rest was driven by technology advancements and, you know, it's a very, very different business model. So I don't think there is such a thing necessarily as only logic and only order. I think in anything there needs to be some order, some rigour. And in a way... The more you have that, I believe, the more you enable creativity to flourish because it's got to be rooted in something. But equally, it's got to be free enough for you to find that insight or you to find that human truth mm-hmm. that enable you to come up with something incredibly engaging and exciting to sort of drive people's passions. So I think, you know, I think life is full of miracles and wonder and rigour and order. And, and actually, I think those things live together really really well although some mm. people beg to dif- disagree but I think the magic is in how you bring them together. No I think you're right there's some uh, interesting stuff out there on this left brain right brain piece and how we were all born creative would you have described yourself as a creative person before you moved into advertising? Yes I would have done uh, totally I mean uh, at heart I, d- I, um, I did an arts degree I'm a sculptor still and I pot. And, and for me, that's immensely fulfilling and it just brings and connects me to my soul in a way. And I think we're all creators. Um, it depends what we're creating. Even if you're creating a balance sheet and putting it together, you're still creating something. Um, you know, numbers and logic are maybe the language that we use to articulate the health of a business. But as Henry Ford once said, you know, if profit is your only goal, your business will go out of business eventually. You've got to still keep innovating. So I think, you know, these two things throughout our lives go together. And I think if we follow one and not the other, it's it's the recipe towards ruin. You've got mm-hmm. to bring the two things together and work out, especially as a leader, how you hold those things in balance all the time or give one a bit more space than the other because you need both. Absolutely. Um, I think there have been some studies out there with CEOs saying that one of the biggest things that they often miss in business and or value most in business is creativity. And it sounds that's quite fundamental to you and your style of leadership. Oh, totally. I mean, what I found when I came to this industry, having been on the other side of the fence in marketing for sort of (coughs) eight years or so, I thought, there's going to be loads of money in advertising. It's going to be really easy to improve the performance of the agency. And I was, I'll be honest, I was quite surprised and how tough it was and how difficult it was. And, And there wasn't the luxury that you are you're led to believe maybe on the other side of the fence that there is and that it was really quite tough and I could see the amazing creativity and talent in the diverse group of people that we had uh, back then in Grey and still today in Grey and in YNR in the whole of the creative sector amazing people um, but so often they're so passionate and so absorbed in what it is that they do I could see that they weren't necessarily um, as smart as they could be in terms of how they commercialise that talent and that value. And I think that goes back in history. You know, there are many famous artists that died paupers, yet today their works, um, you know, sell for millions. And for me, I, th- I guess that's the thing that makes me tick. I'm fascinated by creativity, but also fascinated about how it's valued or how you put its value on a balance sheet, how you help demonstrate to a client that the work we do is 
amazing and delivering business results. And, and I suppose I am always that voice in the agency about, well, what will the outcome of this be? What will the benefit of this be? Because that's the language we need to, I think, get better at in order to justify or demonstrate um, our value to our clients. And I think that challenge is one that we have to embrace as a business, not expect our clients to do it for us. Mm -hmm. But we have to get better at valuing and articulating that value to our clients so that they truly recognise the brilliance Mm -hmm. in our business. And I think think they do intuitively, but I think it falls on us to be better at demonstrating it and proving it such that, you know, it makes it easier in the boardroom for them to say... This is what we should be investing in marketing because this is the return that it can drive and deliver. And those brands that do, in the longer term, survive recessions faster usually and and are stronger brands. So, Janet, what do you love most about your job? What what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? The challenge. I I think every day there are challenges, especially, you know, today, especially a year ago, especially 10 years ago, I think. the, The world is constantly changing. Um, the Facebooks, the Googles, uh, you know, they are changing the way we do business and, and they're changing the way the world works. And that's always giving us challenges. So for me, challenge, I'm hugely motivated by a challenge. Um, my mother used to say to me, when will you ever be satisfied? Because no sooner would I crack something, I'd be on to my next challenge. And I think I get out of bed for a challenge. And I think in our industry, you're, you are only as good maybe as your last piece of work. And therefore, mm-hmm. tomorrow you've got to recreate and for me, the challenge is how do I help the business be commercially more effective without losing the creativity of what it is we do? It's the combination of those two things that inspires me forward. Excellent. And what frustrates you most? Oh, politics, I'd have to say. <laughs> and, and I don't mean, um, you know, which party do you follow? I just think politics can stifle a business, mm-hmm. kill a business. And you can waste far too much time on them. So for me, politics drives me insane. I'm a, I'm a more of a pragmatist. Get it, get the problem on the table, deal with it, make a decision, and move on. It's politics is just such a waste of time. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I think we all do. Oh. Um, talking about leadership, um, and obviously that's one of the things that Stella champions is female leadership within WPP. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your leadership style, and perhaps if you can. Share a story on where you think it's been particularly effective or accelerated your career in some way. Um, leadership is an interesting thing. Um, I think job the leaders, leaders' jobs is is less about being a leader and more about creating an environment that enables the people in your business to perform at their best. So for, I think our role is to empower people, it's to bring in entrepreneurial people or allow people to express their entrepreneurial styles, to be innovative, to encourage ongoing learning. So this is all about creating uh, an environment that allows creativity to to flourish. Um, At the same time, I'm a huge believer in making people accountable uh, and ensuring we have some commercial focus. And and I encourage people to think about the business always as though it was their own. So sometimes when I'm asked, well, what should we do? I often say, well, what would you do if it was your business? And it focuses people's mind, I think, back on to doing the right thing rather than doing what they think their boss should do or what a colleague should do, you know. What should we do? So I think leadership is about creating an environment where there's openness, there's transparency, there's trust, um, 
and therefore you build a culture of honesty, integrity, resilience, and and I guess ultimately belief, a belief that that team can achieve whatever that team sets out to achieve. I think that's the job of leadership, is to create the environment that enables all of those people to thrive and do their best work and do the best work for our clients. Um, it's not to be the best. I don't think leaders are necessarily, or the best leaders are necessarily the strongest individual people. I think our job is to nourish talent and to nurture talent and to bring talent together to be stronger and better as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned resilience there, and that I think is something we hear a lot in the agency world. It's a very high-pressured environment, and the reality is is sometimes those very busy periods aren't going to go away, and we have to try and enable our people to deal with those times more effectively. Um, Do you have any good examples where you feel that perhaps you got knocked down a little and you've had to pull yourself back up and have really learnt some of those um, tricks to dealing with tough times more? Um, I think that's... Some people are very quick to put obstacles in your way or to suggest you can't do something. And I mean, there's always people saying, oh, we're too expensive or we can't do this or the client this, that and the other. And I think it's very easy in today's world to blame other people or to to take a victim mindset type of attitude to anything. Um, And I suppose that has happened to me uh, in the past. But if anything, it usually spurs me forward. It usually fuels my energy tank to find a way to break through something and I, I turn it into a challenge in and of itself so that I can bounce back but um, you know I, I think I said earlier about it, the reason I left client world was because I came down to the final two and then looked around at the organisation and realised that there weren't that many females vice presidents in the organisation and I realised that time was to move on and mm-hmm. I think you have to deal in reality and there's a lot of change going on in the world and in your own life and and it's facing up to well what is the reality and what can I do about it and I think that's the place you have to get yourself to what can I do about it and the minute you start to focus forward on what you can do you suddenly start to see all sorts of options ideas coming to the fore and then it's a case of navigating a path through those things so you've got to get facing forward Mm -hmm. and accept what the realities are and and deal with them. Do you think you were born naturally a forward facer or is that something that you've learnt? Um, I think I was born it. Now whether that was born it because I'm a redhead, I'm short <laughs> and and therefore um, you know got my fair share of um, jibes and um, you know jokes uh, I think probably has made me quite tough and tenacious and, and on the one hand quite outgoing um, yeah, that probably has shaped me. But I've always believed where there's a will, there's a way. And mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's something my parents ingrained on me or whether it's always been there. But it, for me, it's very much uh, central to my to my being, where there's a will, there is a way. And my curiosity and my cu- courage are those things that then propel me to find that way. And I, I don't believe there's ever one way. I think your role is to find a variety of ways or to choose the best. And I, you know, I often say to people, you know, come on, let's try. Um, 70% of something's better than 100% of nothing. So even if we get it wrong, we'll learn and then we'll correct our course. And if we keep doing that, we'll get somewhere, which is partly why I'm all about setting goals, making people accountable, because I do believe people will find their way to that destination. 
and in a way you want people to find their own way. Mm. That's where you need to give them space. Yeah. Just picking up on a point that you made there about 70% of something is better than 100% of nothing and if we get it wrong, we can course correct. Um, There seems to be a lot of talk about creating safe environments where people feel safe to fail as Mm. long as they are trying and pushing boundaries. Is that something you're fostering? Why not? Oh, totally. Absolutely and totally. I think, you know, you have to fail and fail fast. I mean, failing with the same mistake time after time is, is crazy. But I do believe you have to give people the space to explore, to discover and and to fail because I think you learn the most through failing. You know, kids all fall over before loads before they get up and finally walk. And I think everything is, is like that. And if people are frightened or fearful of what might happen, then actually you're you're talking about what I would call the law of diminishing return. You need to create an environment that's open, that's transparent, that gives people space to discover and learn. And, and I think out of that comes success. And what would you say has been one of, or it could be a thing, it could be a person, a big influence on your career and your style? I think the biggest single influence for me was one of my bosses at Coca-Cola who I remember talking to about wanting a promotion or a job or something like that. And I remember him saying to me, or I don't think I'd been considered for something, that's right, and I was furious. And he had just not for a moment thought about me for that role. And uh, his advice to me at the time, I've kept it ever since, was brilliant. It was simply, you know, if you wanted that job, why didn't you act up into that job? Why didn't you take the courage that you've got bags off and just be doing that role? And in a way, at the time, I thought that was easier said than done. But actually, as I've reflected and I've gone through my career and I've seen a role that I want or believe I can do, I think I have learnt from that advice to to just get on and do. It's it's to be the role that you want to be, understand your strengths, use those strengths, take and use your initiative. And then when the roles come along, you're immediately in somebody's mind for that role. So, mm-hmm. so it actually you have to take responsibility for yourself because it's yourself that will drive you forward and it's yourself that will enable you to be spotted. So I suppose my advice is don't wait. Don't wait to be found or don't wait to be spotted. You've got to do something that puts you out there or puts you in a position where people already think, ah, Janet can do that or Kate can do that um, because you're already demonstrating it. And then you're going to be first in the queue for those roles. You're going to be first on people's minds. So that for me was a great piece of advice. If you want promotion, you know, step up and start doing that role already or demonstrating the characteristics required for those roles. Mm, I think that's good advice. Good advice for anyone. Um, Now, obviously, we're here in the Stella podcast, and it is really about championing women in leadership Mm. and in leadership roles. Um, You are clearly very driven and not afraid of a challenge. And this might be a difficult question for you to answer. But do you feel you faced any unique challenges during your career because you are a woman? You know, it's a funny sort of way. Sometimes I feel like being the only woman in the room can be an enormous advantage and that you should grab that advantage and because already you're different and maybe that's a bigger advantage to all the mo- those men in a room. Um, I do think there has been an assumption that, you know, women have certain roles or are better at certain roles, but I just think you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe... In what you want to do and, and make it possible and I think I, yeah I do I do find the question really difficult because I think you have to 
have I mean confidence is a weird thing but you've got to you've got to believe in yourself and and maybe I didn't always believe in myself as much as I do now um but I think you have to be able to understand who you are understand what your strengths are and I'm firm believer in build on your strengths be aware of your weaknesses but don't spend hours trying to get make a weakness stronger focus on your strengths and mm-hmm. and push them forward and believe and and work out ways and you'll get there so no I, I find that do do find that one quite hard but I mean my advice to women would be just go for it um yeah just shoot for it I mean I think there's some really smart women inside WPP at the moment and we all need to help ensure that their careers are as strong as as those of men and and I think they are I think there's a it's a great time now there are so many ratios and metrics which part of me hates because I'd hate to get a job because I'm filling a flipping quota Um, but equally look at it a different way which is to say look there's a quota let's be the first one to get into that space and, and to demonstrate that you can do a good job. I think that's good advice. I think the research shows us that if there's a job out there that asks for eight key attributes, a woman will look at it and say, well, I've got seven, I can't really go for it. And a man will look at it and go, I've got three, sure, why not? Give it a try. So I guess you're just saying to people, just give it a try. Mm. If you want it, push for it. Yeah. I think, you know, it starts at home. You've got to believe, you've got to want. And if you if you have both of those, then you've just got to go for it. You've got to go for it. And, you know, I've got a daughter myself and, and I can see how she struggles sometimes to kind of map out where her career path will um, open up. But I think my only advice is, you know, unless you want to be a doctor or a teacher or you've got a particular vocation, you have to just keep going and your career will find you and you will find your career. I think today there are so many doors that are actually open. Uh, It's all about attitude. You've got to have an open-minded attitude. I think you're a good example, too, of somebody who perhaps didn't set out with a firm view of where they wanted to be and have found their way through experience. Now, Janet, our industry has been around the houses a bit, starting with big creative times. And all I keep hearing from people is data driven, data driven, data driven. What's your view of where we're headed? I definitely think data is incredibly important, as is the technological world that we now live in. And you know, who knows who's listening to us and working out what our likes and dislikes are just because they're interpreting us through the data and the buttons that we're pressing. Um, but I think that, you know, the last year has been fascinating with big brands stopping their investment online and realising, oh, maybe it didn't drive sales or have an impact on sales. I I firmly have the view now that the pendulum is swinging back towards the middle, if not back towards truly all being about creativity. Our job is to find creatively engaging ways to connect with consumers. And and I don't think that's just about being literal in digital and banners and all these techie things. It's truly about finding that human thing that sparks inspiration, engages people such that they're compelled to have a relationship with a brand and be inspired to become part of that brand and that brand become part of consumers' lives. So I think creative is absolutely coming back into the centre ground. It's, I think it's a really interesting time. You know, Technology is great, but technology for the sake of technology is, is nothing. 
uh, it has to have a meaning, it has to have purpose. And I think that's why creativity is right bang in the middle again. Mm. Creativity, I think, is key. And certainly for me, I think one of the most frustrating bits of feedback you can ever get on a creative brief is it's not creative mm. enough. How have you handled that type of feedback from clients? Oh, it's an interesting one because quite often a client maybe is scared by ultimately the creativity uh, or something that's really wildly creative. I think it still falls on us to, in a sense, hypothesise about what we think those one or two different routes that we've come up with. And maybe one's a safer route and one's a bit more creative or crazy. Um, I think we have to take a leaf out of maybe the consultants' books a bit here and actually have some hypothesis about how those might perform given what we know and demonstrate that maybe those really outrageous or out there things that are often the more unique wide ball things um, are worth investing in and worth the bet. And given the way business is today and given how you can try something quite safely online in a small space, why not try that? See how it's performing and then if it really goes well, amplify it and go big with it. Um, whereas, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it, it was harder to do that stuff, to experiment. I think we have to use technology for what it's good at and, and make sure it's amplifying creativity. So find ways to demonstrate ROI for a client or demonstrate a trial for something in a small, safe place. And mm -hmm. if it's brilliant, then amplify it and go for it. But I think it falls on us to help the client through that journey. Now, finally, just to wrap up, if you had one piece of advice to anyone looking to further their career, what would that be? Oh, there we go. I think the one piece of advice I'd give to people is something as simple as pick battles big enough to matter, but small enough to win. I think today you can look across the world and think there's so much to fix. You can be easily overwhelmed by it. And we all can in our own agencies and in our own roles think, oh, there are so many things. And be so overwhelmed that you feel paralysed and frozen and you can't do anything. Whereas actually, if you think about which is a battle that's big, but it's going to be easy to crack it, I can get that away, fix that. And the more you do that, the more you do lots of that little wins, suddenly you can look around and think, wow, we've made massive progress. And whilst you might not have felt you were making progress, suddenly you can look back and realise we've achieved five things and actually we've nearly cracked that big, big problem. So that would be my advice. Pick battles big enough to matter, but small enough to win. That's good advice and achievable. Mm. Janet, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. We should do this over a drink sometime. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>